For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Ah, just when you thought he was dead and not coming back to talk some SEC football. The SEC continues on as the LSU Tigers in the National Football Playoff, semi-final, CFB, whatever it's called. The Tigers are in it, and they'll be taking on the Oklahoma Sooners tomorrow in Chris Marler's backyard in Atlanta. And Chris Marler joins us now from SaturdayDownSouth.com and the SDS Podcast. Marler, what's up? You say you thought I was dead? I, I mean, that that is an aggressive, aggressive uh, way to start the interview. I'm, I'm, uh, I appreciate it. I'm glad to be back. I'm actually sitting here outside of the media uh, pickup tent. So I've, I've not gone in to pick up my credentials yet, but I am going to see if I can sneak you in if you want to take a last-minute flight down here. <laughs> yeah, I, it was one of those things where when we were talking a couple weeks ago, we were like, do we want to go to the SEC championship or do we want to hold out and go to the – you know, to the playoff. And look, I know a lot of K- crazy coon asses made both trips. It's just, it's it's a lot of money to make both trips. But I was like, look, we haven't been, else you hadn't been the SEC championship game in, you know, eight years, nine years, whatever it was. I was like, all right, let's go to that, and then we'll we'll go from there. So the good news is, if they win this one, they'll play the national championship in New Orleans, and everybody's going to be going down to New Orleans for that one. So uh, that will be a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, it's actually uh, Oklahoma travels really well. I think every year, as do LSU fans. Um, I, I'm not gonna hate on that that move though. I mean, if that one's in your backyard, get on down there, spend money on the ticket, go see history made because I think we all think it's gonna happen. Um, I do want to give some credit though because I've been down today. We got the in-laws in town, so we've been taking them to anywhere and everywhere that I can get them out of the house. So we've, we've been doing tours around the city, and uh, you know, we, we we saw just tons of Oklahoma fans. And you got to tip your cap because. I mean, to just wake up and then get a beating like that every single year by an SEC <laughs> school and then keep coming back. I mean, that, that seems, seems like the gift that keeps on giving for them. Yeah, it's, I mean, look, Lincoln Riley's done a fantastic job of being one and done in the playoff every year. It's pretty good. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. they're like a Midwest Buffalo Bills. It's been fantastic. It's funny, though. I, I, I text you. I said, yeah, I'm doing the Alabama thing. We're skipping this one because we know we're going to be in the next one. And that's kind of what Alabama fans have become accustomed to when it comes to the playoff was, oh, well, we'll just save our money for what You know, we're going to go to the championship game. We're going to skip the first playoff game. But it is a real thing for a lot of teams where, you know, if you're if you live it on a budget and you can't afford to fly all the way around the country, it's. You kind of become torn if you're a fan because it's like, all right, do we go to conference championship weekend? Do we go to the first semifinal? Do we just save it for the championship game? I mean, it's it's a lot of money if you end up going to everything. So I will say, I think there are there are certain seasons when you have this, and you're exactly right. Remember, we talked about this last year when I was in uh, in uh, California for the national championship game, and I was talking about how how just there weren't that many fans out there because, and I think some of the ticket prices were like a hundred dollars, or maybe even lower than that a piece for a national championship game, which we're certainly not accustomed to. But people aren't flying all the way out to, you know, like I think like the the the, the semifinal game last year was in Miami, which is not an easy, cheap place to travel to. And then traveling all the way out to California to go to either San Fran or San Jose and then, and then Santa Clara for the national title. It, 
it's ridiculous. It's, it's cost a lot of money. I will say there are certain seasons for teams that I think you just throw all that by the wayside and you go experience, you know, what a tremendous season would be. And, you know, Georgia had a year like that in 2017 when they went and played at uh, Notre Dame, and then they played in the Rose Bowl, and then they went to the national title in their backyard. I think it's a very similar setup, except for this is an actual good team that could win the national title for LSU. But being able to go to games like at Texas and Austin, uh, this SEC championship game, the, the Peach Bowl, um, it's, it's been an incredible season. Yeah, I'm sure those Georgia fans are real happy they spent that money on that national championship game two years ago. I'm sure that was well worth they, they it. The, price, the, the prices were going for $700 a piece before the SEC championship game, and by the time they had beaten Auburn, the real fact, the, jump, the numbers jumped all over to 2,400 within minutes after the SEC championship. Hey, I still thank God every day. And I was, I was in the Superdome for the 07 championship over Ohio State, and that was a lot of fun. But I thank God every day I didn't splurge and spend the money on the 2012 championship game because that would have not been fun. Um, let's talk about this, uh, this matchup with Oklahoma. Uh, look, it's interesting. The more and more I've read about Oklahoma and looked at the numbers, like, it would not surprise me at all if they are in a competitive game with LSU. I know LSU fans and SEC fans would like to be cocky and arrogant and go, oh, we're two touchdown favorites. It's not even going to be close. They're not going to stop Burrow and, you know, and Jalen Hurts doesn't have a chance. I, I think Oklahoma's offense is going to move the ball on LSU and score some points and would not be surprised if this is a shootout. I think LSU wins, but man, it, it, this one could be close in, uh, come fourth quarter. Uh, what vibe do you get on this game? Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with that. There's, there's a couple of games, and you know how I always am with Vegas. There's, there's a reason Vegas is so good. There's a reason they have all this giant billion-dollar buildings out in the middle of the desert. Setting that line at 13, it is alarming for a couple of reasons. Like, it's alarming because you're in the playoff. This is one versus four, and you're still a two-touchdown favorite. Now, what's also alarming is the fact that Oklahoma has lost three, not starters, but significant contributors going into this game, and the line really hasn't moved. You know, I mean, the, the, I think – what happens a lot of times nowadays with fans and stuff like that is we, we get a, a little glimpse of what we think we already know, and then that becomes reality. And I think a lot of times with teams like Oklahoma, you kind of have this built-in perception of them. It's like, well, they don't play any defense, but they've got a great offense. This is not the same Oklahoma team as you've seen in the past. And I've said it before, this is a top 25 defense. This is, a, this is a, the number one defense in the Big 12. And I say the top 25 before I say the number one defense in the top 12 or in the Big 12 because – one of those things is certainly more impressive than the other. Um, usually, you think of Big 12, you don't think of the defense, but they've been pretty pretty good. They've given up only 330 yards per game. Um, they've, they've been stout when they need to. And, and I think, you know, what we're also used to seeing is this almost air raid spread you out offense. And don't get me wrong, Oklahoma can do that, but it's going to be a lot more running the football and trying to get more of a power run game with the quarterback and Jalen Hurst. Yeah, the interesting thing is Coach O met with the media this morning and was asked if Clyde Edwards-Elaire is going to play. And, you know, this has been – we've been on Clyde Edwards-Elaire watch all week. Everybody's like, oh, is he going to play? Is he not? And Coach O said this morning they think – they he thinks he's going to play, but he's not sure and all this. I just keep looking at it as, man, if it's a hamstring – and he's still sore, and he hasn't practiced all week. Like, it would be stupid at this point to play him. Rest him, give him two and a half weeks more to rest up for the championship game and, and bring him back. But the question I've been asking everybody is, do you think LSU can win this game without Clyde edwards Ziller? If the answer is yes, then rest him. I mean, there's there's no reason. And, and I think Vegas agrees. Like, as soon as the news came out that he was hurt, right. the line didn't move at all. So that should yeah, tell you something. very good point. I, and I, I agree with you. I agree with you. And the thing is, is, I feel like every week, every week we have something where we say that about LSU. Like, you know, can they can they win without this? 
Um, can they win without Clyde Edwards? Or not without this, but we've talked about before. Like, do you think that Clyde Edwards Lair has to have a big game running the football? And I don't think he's had to. He's, he's done it. He's absolutely done it. He's had one of the most underrated seasons, I think, in the entire country, especially in the SEC. He's a tremendous back. But I'm with you. We haven't seen one team. We haven't seen a single team, not Georgia, not Bama, definitely not Texas, but not a single team be able to slow down Joe Burrow and, the, and these receivers. So, in my opinion, yeah, like this, is, this is a team that is susceptible through the air. Oklahoma, they, they do get up some yards that way. Yeah, attack them. Attack them. And you heard Jamar Chase yesterday. I think, I think LSU is a smart enough – their players are smart enough. Coach O is smart enough as a coach. He's not going to let his players just pop off of the mouth to give bulletin board material out unless it's something they believe. And I think that the transparency you have with Jamar Chase saying, yeah, we've seen a couple of those guys that are kind of slow. We think that that's going to be something we can take advantage of in the secondary. I think that's true. And I don't, I don't think you know, if, if Georgia couldn't do it and Georgia looks so bad trying to do it, how is Oklahoma going to be able to do it? Because, because that's a defense that we've said over and over again we thought was the best in the country, and they got lit up. So I, I don't see anybody being able to slow down Joe Burrow. Yeah, and then you take away two of their best defenders, a starting safety and their best pass rusher. You take them out of the game, and hey, your defense that already stunk uh, stinks even more. So that'll be an interesting aspect. But it is funny. It's interesting you mentioned Clyde stepped up big in a lot of the big games. And, you know, when you look at LSU as a whole, it felt like week in and week out, it really was a beauty pageant. Like you were looking for, you know, to look impressive, and you're going, oh, man, look at what Edward Zeller did, and look what Joe Burrow did, and look at the receivers and all this. It's funny because it really was a beauty pageant with the selection committee and you had to impress and all this. Now that pressure's off. Like, you're in the dance. Just win in advance. So even if LSU ekes out a 31-30 win and they win on a field goal, none of that crap matters because it's just about winning this game. Agreed. Agreed. And and there's one thing that you've seen this team do all season long. It is not get phased by any amount of pressure. And and I don't think the pressure's off, obviously, because it's the semifinal for the national championship. But in the same way, like, it does have to feel a little better. You don't have to go out there and put up 50 points. But knowing that you can and have that in your back pocket. Um, and, I, and I tell you what, man, I, I still say they, this team has nothing to prove to anybody in the country. And I think everyone knows that except for this team. And this team has been out. I, I said it earlier in the year. I thought Bama was going to do it before the season, this little revenge tour thing. I think this team seems like they are, they've been on a mission since week one. Coach O has been on a mission since week one. Joe Burrow has been on a mission since, I don't know, birth. And, and they are going out there to prove a point and make a statement every single game they play. And, and so far, no one's come close to being able to get in the way of that. Talking with Chris Marler, SaturdayDownSouth.com. Was part of you inside crying when you saw the pictures of Nick Saban landing in Orlando, <laughs> getting ready for the Citrus Bowl? <laughs> they, got, they, got off, they got off the flight and got a, handed a pack of Sunny D. And it was not my favorite, <laughs> I will say that. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think, I, I don't want to say part of me died inside, but Part of me definitely didn't feel alive. I will say that. The going to the Citrus Bowl is, is not what I'm accustomed to for January 1st. Um, but, you know, <laughs> we'll see how it plays out. I'll feel way more dead inside if they lose. I'll, I, I will say that. I can't wait to see the press conference from Nick Saban. Yeah, we're real oh, excited. Man. We're real excited to be here at the Checks Notes Citrus Bowl. It's very exciting. <laughs> Couldn't be yeah. more happy. I mean, you know, not, it's not often you get to – take a year off from trying to play for a national title so you can play for a $50 uh, gift to be at the Belk or wherever they're, <laughs> whatever's in that swag bag. So, uh, Quick thoughts on the, the other game tomorrow night. I mean, Ohio State-Clemson, it's so funny. Everywhere I've looked, everybody's got a different opinion on this. I mean, it seems like more and more people are jumping on the Clemson bandwagon, but, man, I just keep looking at the weapons Ohio State has, and 
And then the fact Clemson hasn't really been tested, I really I can't get a good read on this game. So I will say this: I've had a, a bad feeling it for a while now um, that, that that you know that North Carolina loss was just kind of like waking sleeping giant with Clemson, and I, I you know Trevor Lawrence has played out of his mind. He hasn't done a pick in the last five or six games. He's had around 300 yards passing, three touchdowns in the last five or six games every every single game. Um, they are they're a really good team, man, and I know Ohio State is as well. I tell you what, whoever wins this game, I hope. I hope. I don't, we just talk about the swag bags. I think both teams. I hope they get a dictionary so they can look up the word disrespect. Because if I hear <laughs> one more of these players or coaches misuse that term about them being disrespected yeah. as the number two and three team in the country, I'm going to lose my mind. Um, I, I think Clemson is. They are untested. They haven't been in these close games. I think Ohio State has a pretty good resume. We would put it up there. Right below LSU's for sure. It's just, they've, they've done. They've had a lot of big games, you know. That, that we've been told were big games by Joel Klatt. This Clemson team hasn't been tested. They haven't also been injured. They are super healthy. They're super fresh. And one thing that's scary about them is you're you're starting to fire on all cylinders for whatever reason. They they buy into all the crap that Dabo has said. And I think that when you have Trevor Lawrence, T. Higgins, Justin Ross, I mean these are these are four these are you know former five stars going to be future first rounders all over the field. All over the field for Clemson, and where no one's talking about them, which makes that's why I think they're dangerous. I think Clemson goes out tomorrow, and wins by ten plus points. So, who you got in the title game? LSU, Clemson. LSU, Clemson. Hmm. I think we take that, <laughs> but I, I look. I, I the Ohio State factor, like we really want to see them, just because of the jawing all year, and it was one versus two, and they jumped LSU, and then LSU jumped them, and Joe Burrow came from there. Just the storylines abound. I would make Ohio State LSU. That much more savvy, but hey, look, I'd take LSU Clemson. It'd be fun too. I tell you what, the biggest nightmare for any SEC fan, and I know this doesn't really matter to a lot of SEC fans, but it will. It will in January, and February, the entire offseason if it happens. If Clemson gets in the national championship game and beats LSU somehow, it will be the most insufferable offseason you could ever <laughs> imagine with, with that between you. So I'm, I'm hoping Ohio State wins tomorrow. I'm hoping they win big tomorrow, and then I'm hoping y'all kick their ass in the title game. Excuse my yeah, language. The, yeah, the ACC network, where they would just rebrand as the Clemson network because there's no it point talking is. about any other team in that conference. It's ridiculous. No, I completely agree. Uh, last thing for you, Chris. I saw this uh, moments ago. Uh, speaking with the media today, ahead of the college football playoff, head coach of Ohio State, Ryan Day, said that he would prefer Heisman Trophy voting to take place after the national championship game, giving those participating in the process a chance to see an entire body of work versus 12 games and a league title appearance. Look, I heard all that crap about from, from Joel Klatt about, oh, wait till we see Chase, Chase Young against uh, Michigan and against uh, Penn State, and he was nowhere to be found, So, uh, including know, in the Big Ten how, title how game. How much do you want to cater to you, and just without just saying it? You know what I mean? Like, like, like most of these teams, I get that you want, you want your kids and your players – to be, you know, get respected and get the notoriety they deserve. It's not like these kids haven't. It's not like these kids haven't gotten that respect. Ohio State had three players finish in the top six of of the uh, Heisman Trophy finals. Like, you know what? Justin Fields, forty touchdowns, one interception. Tremendous year. Tremendous year. Dwayne Haskins last year, tremendous season. Not one of them had a better season than Joe Burrow. And I don't give a blank what the what the attitude about that could be about how. You know, you think that Ohio State would have done – what, what exactly could they have done in these games that would warrant them getting a Heisman Trophy? It's just it's, – I'm so tired of the politicking and, and, and tears, basically, coming from Ohio State and these other teams that are undefeated 
and ranked in the top four. They're in the playoffs. You're going to have a future top five pick. What, what, you just didn't have as good of a season as Joe Burrow. And you know what? Here's another thing. You're the one that let him go. You're, you're the school that let him go, so get over it. Yeah, what I, what I need to happen is LSU to beat Ohio State in the championship game. Uh, Joe Burrow throws for five touchdowns and then goes up to Ryan Day and goes, hey, do you want to vote on the Heisman now? That's what I need to happen. And, and, and be, be that brazen about it and be that outspoken about it. But you know what? I'll take it one step further because you know I hate sportsmanship just like I hate Auburn. So if he, if he scored a touchdown, I want him to go up to Urban Meyer every single time and give the DX second sign and just, and just walk off the field, carry him off the field. Coach O doing the same exact thing. Just uh, give him the belt right now. Yeah, he probably will do that, so uh, we'll see. Uh, Chris Chris Marler, Saturday Down South. Uh, the new podcast is up. It's three hours long. It's longer than the Irishman, so you, you may need to break it up and listen in parts, but it was great stuff. You guys went through and previewed every SEC Bowl game, and I thought it was really, really tremendous, including... We appreciate that, man. Including insight from Dari Noka, who is an, a diehard Oklahoma fan, who I think gives a pretty good insight for LSU fans on what to expect from Oklahoma tomorrow, so... Uh, and if you're really? an SEC fan, just a real quick plug: we had a, a, a really fun, awesome interview with Kentucky All-American Lynn Bowden, who, which was that was the kid's tremendous. It's a, it's a if you if you love you know the kind of against all odds story, especially it, that was a lot of fun to be able to interview him as well. Yeah, he'll probably be a saint next year, and he'll probably be lining up at like 13 different positions. So uh, I'll look forward to that. AB. I know you guys are you guys are working them out. <laughs> no, it was a workout, and that's it. Hey, the best news today is that the Falcons are bringing back Dan Quinn. So. Good news there. Can we just end one time? It's the, it's the last one of the season, Gordy. We have to do this. You got to. You got to let me go to twenty twenty with a sour note. Come on, man. Go Tigers. Hey, enjoy the ice cream in the press box tomorrow. I appreciate it, brother. Y'all have a good one. Good luck, go Tigers. All right, thanks, man. Chris Marler, SaturdayDownSouth.com is the website. And, again, go check out the SDS podcast. He and Connor O'Gara do an awesome job talking all things uh, SEC football. It's a Chris Gordy Show, Sports 1280.